Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On July 2nd, 2015, I had a conversation with Zoomer Radio of Toronto, Canada, where we discussed a recent series of bombing threats against Canadian aviation. We discussed whether these threats, most of which were directed against WestJet Airlines, were an indication of real risk to Canadian passengers, and whether this may affect how people approach Canadian airlines, and whether this may affect people's air travel decisions in Canada. Now, on Zuma Radio, Goldhawk fights back. In for Dale Goldhawk, here is Libby Snymer. Good morning. It's the day after Canada Day, and I hope all of you had a wonderful holiday. But as Jane Brown reported in her newscast, we have had five threats against Canadian airlines in one week. What is that about? And how is it affecting you and your plans for travel this summer? The phone lines are open. The numbers to call are 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. And on the line from Boston, we have Dr. Todd Curtis, and he is a pilot, an aviation expert, and an author on issues of airline security. Todd, welcome and thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Well, what do you make of these threats? Uh, I've heard uh, a lot of people describe them as a mystery. Well, it is a mystery because obviously these threats are anonymous, and so far the law enforcement authorities haven't tracked down the person or persons involved. But what isn't uh, as mysterious is the pattern. Uh, The fact that you had several of these threats against one airline uh, says to me that there's something about WestJet Perhaps someone has a a problem with the airline. Perhaps someone has an issue with a particular person in the airline. Uh, Where one airline is being singled out for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard some people say uh, that it has the hallmarks of a disgruntled employee. Well, certainly it does fit that kind of pattern. Uh, That is, in the history of aviation, although there have been a number of times where aircraft have uh, actually had bombs put on board. And, of course, Canada just recently had the 30th anniversary of the Air India event. In every case that I could find, looking through my records, I haven't found a case where there was an actual threat, let's say, called in, followed by an actual bomb. So in, in, any, in one sense, it's perhaps good news that these are merely threats, uh, because so far no evidence whatsoever has been found that there was any sort of explosive or incendiary device on any of these aircraft. Mm-hmm. Now, so there were four threats against WestJet and one against Air Canada. Uh, could that have been just to throw off the scent, or does that throw kind of a wrench in the investigation? Well, uh, full disclosure, I'm not a law enforcement expert by any means, but having observed uh, this sort of thing in the past, when you have an event, doesn't necessarily have to be an airport, uh, an airliner bombing threat, uh, one that has a lot of media attention. You'll also often get people who are copycats, who merely call in false threats or false uh, allegations just because it's in the news. I can't say that that's the case here, but clearly this is something that has had very high levels of attention within Canada the last few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, has it had any attention in the States? Some. There have been some uh, scattered news reports of it, but no sense that this is any way, shape, or form uh, affecting U.S. threats. In fact, the media coverage uh, during uh, 
the July 4th, uh, run-up to the July 4th celebrations has been focusing on threats, not necessarily airline threats, but general threats against large groups gathering for celebrations and such. Mm-hmm. Now, in this day and age, I would have thought that it would be very difficult to cover your tracks uh, so that, you know, the authorities couldn't really quickly narrow down where this came from. Well, I have to agree with that. It will be very, very difficult to hide your electronic tracks, be it a, a email, Twitter, uh, a tweet, or even a phone call. However, uh, connecting that particular electronic communication with a particular person may be difficult. For example, one can walk into many stores and pick up uh, what's commonly referred to as a burner phone, a, a mobile device which you buy with cash, doesn't have your name associated with it, and you can make a call with it. Certainly, the authorities would be able to pinpoint almost exactly the physical location where the call came from, but not necessarily, or at least immediately, connect that call with the person who made that call. Now, um, you've researched this a lot, and in previous cases where people call in hoaxes, uh, do the authorities eventually figure out who uh, is the perpetrator? Well, because this is largely a law enforcement uh, issue. Uh, law enforcement organizations aren't in the habit of publishing detailed statistics of failures and successes. And also, you have a situation where there could be many jurisdictions that may be over a particular threat. For example, in the United States, a threat against the airlines instantly becomes something that's uh, of concern to the federal government because the federal government uh, manages the airspace system. But a threat against an airport, let's say, may not rise to that level. It may be a local police enforcement uh, situation. Uh, that being the case, very often when these uh, perpetrators are found, the news is released and the public is uh, made aware of at least someone being arrested or charged, not necessarily convicted of having that threat called in. Mm -hmm. Well, we know that uh, local police investigated the airlines, but, but the RCMP is involved as well as some other agencies. So uh, would that make things a little more complicated, I guess? At least when it comes to following up um, on the part of the public, following up what has happened and how effective the law enforcement agencies were at tracking down the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. In general, in your experience, how do you think this affects the traveling public? Well, particularly in the last few years when social media has become very, very pervasive, let's say 10 or 20 years ago, a mere threat against an aircraft or an airport may have been a very uh, important local story. Very unlikely it would have been a national story unless it was an actual explosion or an actual damage being done. But in this day and age, even threats become instantly worldwide news. And anyone who, for example, is uh, subscribed to the Twitter account of WestJet would get instant updates or instant news from WestJet's perspective of what's going on with the investigation. So the knowledge of these events is far higher than it's ever been. As far as the effect on passengers, again, as I said earlier, I've seen a lot of cases where there are threats, a lot of cases where there are actual bombs, but very few where there was a threat followed by an actual bomb. So although this is clearly a concern, it does raise the risk a little bit in the sense of there's a potential for some nefarious action taking place. There's no evidence at this point from the RCMP, from the airline, from any other source, that this is a credible threat that 
implies a near-term threat to people flying on aircraft in Canada, particularly on, on WestJet. There's no evidence that I've seen or no evidence reported by any authority that says there's an increased threat to passengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about, uh, are people thinking, well, gee, if I book on WestJet now, uh, there's there's a chance that at the very least uh, I'm going to have a, a, my travel plans will be interrupted and, and I'll, I'll have unexpected delays. Well, that might be a, a, a reasonable assumption to make because, again, there are many, many airlines in Canada. Why is it that WestJet seems to be an attractant for this sort of threat? It implies, in my opinion only, that this is... Uh, something that's a consistent threat from one or more people. Whether it's one person making multiple threats or many people doing copycat threats against, against WestJet, this may happen in the near future. Therefore, if you're flying on WestJet, there's a slightly increased chance you might be diverted, might have to do an emergency evacuation, etc. Do you have any sense of how much something like this can cost the airline? It will depend entirely on the situation and what the aircraft uh, does. For example, in the several WestJet cases in the last week, in some cases, the aircraft continued on to its destination and the passengers exited the aircraft normally or using uh, stairs. So there might be a slight delay, a slight uh, uh, difficulty with getting the passengers to their flights. Maybe a few people missed flights. Maybe there was extra fuel expended with the airplane going to different parts of the airport. So it may be on the order of several thousand dollars. But let's take the case where there was an actual evacuation where six passengers got injured in Winnipeg. Uh, that's a situation where not only is the aircraft going to be taken out of service for some period of time, would have to be reinspected, the emergency evacuation slides repacked, etc., plus all the medical costs that are involved. So that's a situation where the total cost could be well above $100,000, even more. Okay, Todd, let's hang on because we have to take a quick break and uh, we'll come back. Goldhawk Fights Back on Zuma Radio with guest host Libby Snymer. Welcome back. We're talking about airline security and the threats, five of them in one week against Canadian airliners. So we want to know what you make of that. Is it going to affect your travel plans? Is it going to change the airline you would book your travel plans on? What do you think of such a thing? On the line, we have Todd Curtis, Ph.D., pilot, aviation expert, and author in Boston. He's covered a lot of incidents like this. And newscaster Jane Brown, who has been following this story all week. Jane, let's start with you. What do you make of it, and have you heard of, of people changing their travel plans or maybe not choosing WestJet because of this? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you, if you hear about one or two of these incidents, it's something that we're not likely even to put on the radio. But when you've had five in one week, that's significant and something is going on. And the first thought comes to mind that it's an individual out there having fun at everybody else's expense. And I think a lot of... Fun. I, I don't think I describe it as fun. Well, I'd say it's pretty vindictive. Well, it, you're absolutely right. But maybe there's sort of a sardonic sense of humor that's involved in doing something like this. Let's see the world react to me calling in a, a bomb threat, which is a hoax. Um, I mean, it's hard to say whether it's just a homegrown... Uh, stunt that somebody's involved in. It's all speculation at this point. But the fact that there have been five of them, I think, is going to give people pause 
to consider booking a flight? And certainly if it was between two different airlines, would you choose WestJet? If the price was the same and the schedule was the change in light of what's going on, maybe not. Well, I don't know. It's not that often that the price is the same and the schedule is is the same. And we want to know, are these threats against Canadian airlines making you think twice about any plans you may have or your family's plans? What do you make of them? On the line, we have Dr. Todd Curtis in Boston. And uh, Todd, uh, again, do you think that this could possibly change bookings for WestJet? It may indeed uh, change those bookings, as you pointed out. This is something that is getting uh, very uh, thorough coverage in Canada. And, of course, WestJet is uh, primarily a domestic uh, airline, so anyone who's making near-term plans may think twice. Whether that results in them delaying or canceling their uh, flights, that's something that that's probably going to be within the halls of WestJet that's known to them, but they're certainly not going to release those statistics to the general public. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no, they certainly aren't. Uh, it's, it's interesting, you know, because uh, the airline business, I think, was just coming back after some really tough times, and, and something like this could really hurt a company. It's possible if there's no short-term resolution to it. For example, if it turns out, and again, this is speculation, that there's a single perpetrator, that this is someone who's doing it just with the intention of scaring people, for example, not with the intention of actually putting bombs on board, and that there's no evidence that there's actually an explosive uh, device anywhere being made or even planned to be made, then this will be passed off as just one person who has an issue. But if it turns out that this is a larger issue going on, that this is just the tip of the iceberg, well, of course, it could have all sorts of ramifications with respect to people's behavior in the air. Mm -hmm. And does it have any hallmarks to you of of, uh, actual terrorism? Well, as I was pointing out earlier, uh, looking through the history of uh, bombing against aircraft, uh, both in North America and elsewhere, Uh, at least in the North American experience, there have been many bombings, uh, well over a dozen between the U.S. and Canada just since World War II, but I haven't seen a case where there was a threat followed by an actual attempt. That is, a very specific threat against an airline or an aircraft flight, followed by either a bomb being discovered or one being um, uh, actually going off in flight. So, given the history, there's no real sense that these threats are going to be tied to something real. But again, I can't make any assumptions that the past will be repeated in the present. Now, Jane Brown, what do you, you know, this is being fully reported. So do you think the fact that WestJet uh, is making it clear that the key thing for them is safety and they're diverting the airlines and they're letting everybody know about it and, you know, Often when there are problems with air travel, one of the things people complain about is that they're left in the dark, they're not told. But here, the passengers are saying that WestJet was great, kept them informed, and and obviously they're very concerned about safety. How far do you think that will go? I think it goes a long way. And I was very impressed at how active WestJet was on Twitter, for example, last night and overnight, constantly sending out tweets, reassuring, saying that the airline is on top of the situation, uh, providing the facts. And I think that As an air traveler, as a consumer of air packages, I would find that 
reassuring that I, that I am give, being given all of the information. And the way that WestJet is handling it and the way that they conduct themselves during their flights in general is very professional, very refreshing. So as an airline traveler, I, I'm going to appreciate that. And certainly as a news anchor, I appreciated all their, <laughs> all their tweets this morning because it's a, you're able to provide for our audience their official response. Todd Curtis, uh, what do you think of that? I don't know if you're familiar with WestJet, but they have very good friendly service, which is uh, a distinct difference from a lot of the other traditional airlines. What do you think the way they're handling will do for, it will do for them? Well, uh, first, I haven't had the pleasure of being a customer for WestJet, so I can't comment on it directly. But like Jane pointed out, the fact that they're being very forward in their social media approach to this is a very good sign because, quite frankly, in the modern era of aviation, one can assume that every passenger on board the aircraft has one or more ways to communicate with the outside world using Twitter, Facebook, etc. And if the airline weren't on their toes in doing this themselves, passengers would have uh, been telling the world about this. And it would look bad from the perspective of it would appear that an airline is hiding the facts, and it would appear that the airline isn't uh, nimble enough to deal with the quick, uh, quickly changing situation. Obviously, in my opinion, the way that WestJet has responded to this is a model I think other airlines should follow should they have this sort of thing happen to them. That was my next question. Do you think what they're doing, uh, you know, is is an example of the right way to do it? Because, again, especially, um, uh, you know, this is non-scientific, but often uh, when I take U.S. airlines, uh, I find the service is sometimes less than fantastic. <laughs> um, so... Is, and, and communication as well. So, uh, again, do you see this as something that's novel in the way uh, a problem is being handled? I think it is novel because this is one of the few times I can think of where there has been an ongoing issue with an airline that has safety and security implications, where the airline had an opportunity to communicate clearly with the public and has successfully done so. Now, it's a completely different context, and I don't want to conflate the two, but let's compare for a moment what the public saw in general with MH370 a year or so ago when the aircraft went missing and how the Malaysian government and Malaysian Airlines responded to that with respect to their public uh, persona and the information they released. It was confused, it was uh, inconsistent, it seemed to be uncoordinated, and it left the average person, myself included, not feeling very good about the ability of the airline or that government to handle the situation. I can't say the same for WestJet on the opposite end of the spectrum here. They've done a good job, in my opinion. And it leaves me not worrying about how WestJet is approaching this. It leads me to focus more on how is law enforcement and the government dealing with this. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's that's kind of interesting, Jane, that, that this takes the onus off the airlines and, and moves it to law enforcement. Absolutely. And we've had very little reaction. A short statement from Transport Minister Lisa Raitt offering the party line that our, our first priority in aviation in Canada is to keep people safe and that protocols are in place at all of the airports across the country for this kind of thing. That's all that's been offered so far from the federal government. So more is going to be expected uh, from the feds, from the industry in general, and you're right, taken, and the pressure then is taken off the individual airline. 
What about uh, what we've been hearing from the police and the RCMP? Not much there either. No, nothing at all. Other, other than to say that once uh, the checks of the airlines have been conducted, the police in the various cities, Saskatoon, Calgary, have come out and openly said we have found no exclo- explosive device on board. So we are at least getting the reassurance that the individual flights affected we know that they have been hoaxes based on what the police have said after their searches. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Todd, would you expect to hear more from the police or the various authorities? I would expect to hear something from the authorities if there's a break in the case, if they find a perpetrator and put them under arrest. But what I haven't heard, and I'm not surprised I haven't heard, is any of the various national security organizations, both in Canada and with their partners overseas, to investigate whether this is something that could be associated with an international organization, terrorist threat, etc. And when it comes to national security, they're even less willing to speak publicly than the police uh, are. So I suspect that the NSA, the CIA, the Canadian equivalents have all at least looked at this and may in fact be in concert with uh, federal and local law enforcement on this, but they're certainly not going to talk about it. Okay, on that note, we're going to wrap this discussion up. Todd Curtis in Boston, thank you so much for joining us. And Jane Brown, right, right here in the studio, thank you so much. For more information on aviation safety and security, please visit airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.